Hey guys, Tom Ulrich and Sean Quigley here from the podcast What's Going On Here? You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and TuneIn. And to get in touch with us, uh, just go to our Facebook page and leave a message or email us at what's going on here podcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, guys. And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, back to another episode of What's Going On Here. My name is Tom Lovrick, and with me on location, as you probably hear from background noise, is the one, the only, um, some might call him the new man in black. He's kind of like the Irish Johnny Cash of Bergen County, New Jersey. Although right now we're on location in Manhattan. Mr. Sean Quigley, a.k.a. The Quig, how are you, sir? I'm pretty, I'm pretty good. I, I like the intro. That's why I've been working hard to achieve that. Oh, I like what you did there. Yeah. Working hard. Uh-huh. Nice. <laughs> um, you know, so that's good. I feel good. That's I mean, good. Good spirits. Yes, excellent. 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 So uh, this is episode 41. And for those of you who don't know, we uh, watch a TV show or a movie on Netflix or whatever service uh, we decide to pick, but mostly we've been doing Netflix. And we watch the middle 20 minutes and try to figure out what's going on here. So today we're on location at Valhalla, which is a pub in New York City on 9th Avenue by 54th Street. It's an Icelandic pub, tons and tons and tons of beer and good uh, pub food. And we decided to up the ante, if you will, on our watching of the middle 20 minutes. And um, as usual, if it's a foreign language film, we uh, turn off any subtitles, so we really have to guess what's going on. Today, so as part, partly not to bother the other patrons, but also to up our game, we decided to watch the movie on mute. And this is a movie, and it's called Legendary. And it stars Dolph Lundgren and a bunch of people we've never seen or heard of before. None. Right. It's, a most, it, it's obviously shot in China. Um, with a predominantly Chinese cast, with the exception of Dolph and I think it was three other, no, four white people, one of them was a woman, right? Because it was the main guy who was helping the woman, the, the, yeah, I think it was four, anyway, right. So, the other thing we also do is review uh, local eateries and breweries, so that's why we're at Valhalla, New York, um, for the food, and what we are reviewing beer-wise is the Kelso Nut Brown Lager from the Kelso Beer Company out of Brooklyn, New York. And this is a 5.8% ABV and a 19 IBU beer. So, my friend, without further ado, cheers. Cheers. Plank. That's a very nice beer. It is a good beer. That's a very nice beer. I, I feel like we should be honest. This is our second yeah. beer. Yes. We, yes, yes, yes. It's such a strange beer. This is our second beer because we drank it while we were eating, so it was very, very nice. Yeah. And we decided to go with it again. It is good. Still good. Still good. Yes, exactly. You had the beef nachos grande. I did, yes. And I had the boneless chicken fingers with Korean barbecue sauce. Uh-huh. Okay. So we'll get to those reviews later. And I guess we should just uh, start in on uh, Legendary with Dolph Lundgren. Yes. All right. So we got... We, we watched the middle 20 minutes, which ended up at minute 37? Yes, minute 37. So the scene opens up. It's um, a site somewhere that looks like, I don't know, like a factory or some kind of big construction site, something. Uh-huh. And it's a bunch of people at like a, a, a food cart that's obviously at some work site. And so it's a it's Asian woman, pretty young Asian woman, getting some food, and there's a guy behind her. He's kind of a dirty blonde kind of guy, looks very much like a beach bum kind of look, and he's chatting her up. And they're talking back and forth, and we're like, okay, uh, what's going on here? All of a sudden, I guess because we have the sound off, we don't know, there's a bunch of screaming. <laughs> and they, of course, head right towards the screaming, and a bunch of workers are running away from the screaming. Yeah. Um, oh, and b- before I even continue on, just as a description, the description for Legendary was a cryptozoologist helps find a creature that they call, I forget even what they called it, 
somewhere in in, in in a work site somewhere out in the boondocks in China. Yeah. Basically. Somewhere in the boonies. So, our Asian girl and our uh, 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 blonde beach dude go running towards where all the noise is. And all these workers are running away. And... It's like Godzilla mode. Like, like Godzilla mode. Right, right, right. And there's a couple of workers that are just standing around. And there are these big, giant uh, uh, pipes. Almost like giant water main pipes. Or, or, or uh, uh, oil, oil pipeline pipes. But the pipes are like probably six foot in diameter, I'd say. Yeah. You know, big ass pipes. And so the two, the two of them are watching. And all of a sudden, I'm guessing there must be like a growl or something. And the ropes, cables, whatever are that are holding the pipes kind of in a pile, snap and roll down and start crushing workers. And the girl kind of makes a face like, oh, It makes me wonder when you see these big, like a big uh, pile of uh, pipes like that, right. whose job it is to like pile them up and then like tie them. Yeah. <laughs> who's the person who's like Jenga style, like, okay guys, like right. we're good, we've got the zip tie and we're just getting it around now. Get around, tie right. no, no, zip Hold tie. it, hold it, don't, don't let, you're slipping, you're slipping, yeah. don't let it slip. So these pipes roll down and start crushing workers. Yeah. And she's like kind of like, oh, that, that's all the face you made. It was kind of like, oh, like she spilled a little milk. Yeah, it's like they were conveniently placed on the top of the hill. Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course they were. Overlooking just got a flat ground whatever was happening. Fell, it'd be like, oh. Yes. It's like, oh, they're coming. And then, like, it was shadowy and we couldn't see because we were watching, we we're, like I said, on location, we we're watching on an iPad. And it looked like some big monstrous shadow came through and like took a guy down. Yeah. And then they, then they pan back. The shot is now the girl and the guy again. Beach bum dude and pretty Asian girl. And the beach bum dude's face is kind of like, oh, they're out of cigarettes. I mean, it was like there was no reaction. There was no shock to the loss of life. Yeah. They couldn't. Nobody was saying like, hey, let's get an ambulance or call the cops or call the army or somebody. Yeah. They were just kind of like, oh, hmm, yeah, I guess that happened. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the reactions were kind of stunning to me. I, I don't know how else to describe it. Yeah, I, yeah, it was. Um, the whole thing to me is thinking of perhaps maybe the, maybe the underlying uh, theme here, the, the the real monster is. That I see it as almost like a. Um, it's like a pro-communist agenda, like anti-union message. I feel like there's some sort of grain of like, uh, you know, with it being set in China, a Chinese thing of like, you know, communism being the way that I feel like there's there's somewhere along the lines here of like... This is what happens to union workers? If you're in a union, <laughs> this is what happens. Like, see what happens when union workers run things on building sites. <laughs> and they're like, yes, and I expect the unions would want to stop work at this moment and wait until everything was safe. They're like, no, they will be crushed for their defiance. <laughs> That's a pretty subtle message. I like the messaging you yeah. got in there. You're probably right. It is a propaganda. Now I'm viewing the whole If I back in New York, that would be just a bunch of like... Italian Irish guys sitting around for the next week doing nothing, doing nothing. waiting for some waiting guy for from him. corporate to turn up to like to operate the crane do something yeah 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 be yeah, like, yeah. be like hey guy I'm not touching this shit yeah, okay you know what those it, pipes say uh, too dangerous I'm not my, feeling psychologically my, stable you yeah know? My, my job is to fucking weld alright <laughs> I'm the fucking welder I don't do safety shit alright yeah, yeah, my yeah, job yeah. is I light up the torch and I fucking weld that's all I do alright <laughs> right I'm exactly. a specialist. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, then the scene goes from there. It's morning time. And it's Dolph Lundgren on a cell phone out in the woods somewhere. Literally, in the, in the mountains, there's like a... Yeah, they're just like in the woods somewhere. Yeah. With an, with an open field. And they're there with an SUV and it looks like it could be like a Silverado or something. One of those big ones. And the girl next to him, uh, um, he's on the phone and he says to her, obviously, because you see it, he says, hey, uh, pour me a cup of coffee, first thing in the morning. She pours him a cup of coffee and she looks like, she's just like, oh, really? I mean, is this what I went 15 years to school for, to pour this dickhead a cup of coffee kind of stuff? And she pours him a cup of coffee. And 
what I realized later is this is the same girl that was in the scene that we just talked about. Yes. And there's no sign of trauma. No. There's no sign of PTSD. There's not even like I slept badly because I just watched six men get crushed alive. Yes. It's nothing. Uh -huh. No reaction. And so much so that at first I thought this was a different actress. And I was, I was going to say, and I was like, Mm, I think I'm sounding a little bit racist here. I didn't say it, but I was thinking, this looks just like the girl that was just in the scene, in the last scene. Yes. Lo and behold, it is the same girl. Yeah. And I was just like, okay, because the edit was just weird. It was a weird edit, yeah. Because there you was would no... You don't think it was the same person. It didn't make sense. It didn't make sense because it went from these guys getting crushed over, the two of them not reacting at all. There was no, here's the ambulance, here's the investigators, here's you know, whoever trying to figure out what made these lines snap and why are all these workers dead. Yeah. There was none of that afterwards. It was just like, they showed their like, beach bum guy's face and her face and they were both kind of like, oh, they don't have Diet Coke? That really sucks. And, and then we went to Dolph Lundgren and her in the morning. And he's talking on the phone and she says something to him and he's just like, blah, blah, blah. And obviously, from the description, my guess is Dolph is the cryptozoologist on this? Or was it the other guy? Now I'm not sure. Now, now I think about it, I feel like the other guy should be him, and Dolph should be exactly the thing that I was saying before, where we're missing, which was the uh, military guy, like the guff guy who was just all like, oh, we gotta wipe this out. Like, oh, who's there to like make sure the project gets done yeah, on time. There's one military, sort of ex-military guy who's like, You're we probably right. make sure it gets done. You're probably right, that's probably what Dolph yeah. was there for. You've got yeah. two days and we're gonna blow this thing sky high and go home. I think you're right. Yeah. I think that's. I think that's what that was Dolph's role, and our guy was the cryptozoologist. Mm. So then, weird cut again. A bunch of new people are on a boat. Yeah. Now, oh, oh, I should say that where Dolph was actually, Dolph, there was a lake. They were on the lakeside where Dolph was in the morning because yeah. there was a boat there. Uh -huh. So, next shot is at night again. And there's a bunch of people on a boat that's rocking back and forth, and I guess they're searching for whatever the creature happens to be. And um, they got a little sonar, and they're trying to figure out what's going on. And it's a it's a white dude. That, the other guy who's on the poster of the movie, who's I guess supposed to be the he's either the, he, I guess he's the hero of the story. Yes. And where, whereas the you know he's the protagonist, whereas uh, Dolph is the antagonist. Anyway, he's there. There's a white woman there. There's another white dude who's wearing a freaking linen blazer for some fucking reason on a lake in the middle of China somewhere. There's always like that that douchebag. It's like, why did you bring a linen blazer? I don't get it. And a bunch of assistants on, and yeah, a bunch of assistants on the boat. And there's one guy watching the, the, the little sonar, radar blip, whatever it is, and there's a blip coming. And they're like, what is it, what is it, what is it? And oh, it's the boat from the daytime scene that Dolph was in with the girl that was with Dolph, who was there that witnessed all the uh, uh, workers get crushed to death. And Surfer Boy, who we found out while they were getting crushed to death, he was the videographer. He had a video camera with him, and he was filming these guys getting crushed, and I guess trying to get a shot of the monster. Yeah. Was there someone else on their boat as well? Or was it just two of them? There might have been one other person on their boat. Maybe a driver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were the two main people. So the guy who's the who we think is the protagonist is smiling and laughing and chatting like, oh, yeah, yeah, blah, 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 blah. All of a sudden, there's another blip on the sonar, radar. Yeah. And the guy in the radio says, oh, something's coming in really fast. And you see it comes in. And the girl from the previous two scenes is standing up. And whatever it was that came hits the boat. She, she goes right overboard into the water. So they're all freaking out. Get out the water. Get out the water. Get out the water. Um, it looks like, and she's, I don't know what she's doing. She's just treading water. I don't know for what, what reason she's not swimming or if she's terrified or whatever, but she's not sinking. So yeah. it's like, well, you're able to swim because you're not sinking. So there's that. So they're all freaking out. Uh, uh, the other woman researcher is like yelling, get, the, get to the boat, get to the boat, get to the boat. And then I guess somebody yells to the driver of the speedboat that showed up. 
says, drive away, you'll lure the creature away. He takes off, because they were like, he must have followed you in, or whatever. When he takes off, Surfer Boy falls overboard, into the water. Did Surfer Boy get eaten first, or did the guy jump into the water to try and rescue the girl? The protagonist, did he jump into the water to rescue the girl? Or did he do that after Surfer Boy got eaten? I think he did that after. after going, yeah. yeah. So Surfer Boy, the creature comes up, and we can't see it because, again, it's an iPad, so, and it's kind of in a pub or whatever. It almost looks like the beak of a of a snapping turtle. Yeah. And he's screaming. He's totally engulfed up to his like basically belly button by this thing, and he's screaming. Obvious death. He's done for. He's still screaming though. He's screaming. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 It, it's a typical creature trope. Even though like, his spine, his spine is severed at this point, he is done, but he's like, ah! Yeah, he's screaming, right. And as far as we know, he's screaming Rigoletto, uh, 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 the opera, as he was doing it. One thing that I do find strange about these sorts of setups, at least like in like a Godzilla world or whatever, like you're like, oh, I forget the origin story of Godzilla, like there's some kind of like shift and he's not supposed to be there and he gets awoken or... There's some kind of like. Well, the last movie was the that the Earth knows. Ah, yeah. And he's like Earth's guardian, guardian and, and, and when shit happens, they release yes. him because in the movie there was like the radioactive moths. Yeah, and he's like, coming. There's another one they're doing, and he's coming back, and he's the full-on good guy. Like they, they've got like a Mothra film or something coming out. Yeah, yeah. Where he's going to be like, you know, this time Earth uses Godzilla as their guardian, you know, as their protector. Um, but well, I don't understand. These are the dangers of filming in New York City, people. That's authentic. <laughs> it's authentic. We should sell. We should just film ambient sound and then just sell it to like Law and Order SVU. Dude, They're like, hey, do you need ambient sound from the streets of people Manhattan? People do that all the time. There are guys that make their entire running around on the beach, catching up yeah. sound of waves, that kind of yeah, yeah, all the time. So anyway, um, go ahead. You were saying? Yeah. What well, about any creature uh-huh. that is apparently living and surviving within? like an area whether it be in the jungle or whether it be in the desert or in the sea uh-huh. even kind of weirder I'd buy it if it's so deep with it. like you know if it's in the sea if it's so the sea is so big right of course there could be creatures right in the bottom of the depths of the sea that sure. we never see right but what is going on like, even great white sharks for example like the only time they're ever shark attacked the scientists never really know why, really, because for the most part, great whites would never have a reason so out of their psychology right. to be in that area anyway. So you see something has gone wrong, and they've never truly figured out what's happened. Right. You know, they say, like, oh, you look like a seal or whatever. Like, right, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. But okay. still, they have other checkpoints, which means they should never have put themselves in that scenario. Right. You have a creature like this in the sea, like, how is it It's alive? alive. It, like, how is it alive? How is it been surviving? Yeah, it's right. so big. Right. What the fuck is it eating right. to still be alive? Yeah. And like, as far as you know, just Darwinian stuff, like, yeah, it goes. Right. What's it eating? Well, right. How have they not noticed this yeah. years ago before it got to the size of a house? It's 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 the old Nessie story, right? <laughs> because Loch Ness is so deep, right? It's like okay, I could see something surviving and being there, but then there would be. At the very least, a dozen of them. Yeah. You know? And okay, let's say they go on shore and bag a deer when it comes to the water to drink. But at some point, somebody would have seen something. Yeah. It's not within an animal's nature to be covert. There's no reason for an animal to be covert. In in the art of hunting, only the prey you don't want to see. You don't care about... There's no like onlooker reaction. Where exactly. Like, oh, I don't want people to see me hunting. <laughs> like, who cares? Right. Because if that was the case, we would never get footage of like predators killing their prey. Yeah. Because they'd be like, oh, I can't do it now. The, the people on camera, the people that are going to see this are going to think I'm a bad person. I can't no, do they that. They don't think that far ahead. It's only people have that extra like part right. of their brain where they're like, oh, okay. Which one of my favorite videos is, I don't know if you've ever seen it. There's a crocodile like tanning, sunning itself on a sandbar. And a jaguar comes from the other from the shore, through the water, onto the sandbar, jumps on the croc, you know, with with with, with the fangs, it severs its spine, picks it up, and carries it back across the water into its lair. You're like, 
that's some shit, man. That's a hunter right there. Yeah. And you see him, he just kind of gets in the water, and the water's barely moving, and he gets out and boop, pounces right on the croc. That's, yeah. Oh, he didn't give a shit. He didn't give a shit. He's like, you want to film this? Yeah. <laughs> he was like, world star hip hop, watch this. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. So, anyway. That's what I don't understand. I don't understand the, like, a, how is it hidden and what is it eating? And B, why is it being so covert, covert and secret? And right. Like why, why hiding? Would it? Yeah, and yeah, like, yeah. No, either you'd never see it and that's the only way you would survive or it would be like, fuck you, like, I'm just doing whatever I want to do. Right. It's, it's a weird... It's, it's so human-made yes. as a story. It's yes. so flawed yes, that only exactly. a human could have made it. Exactly. It's not nature. Exactly. Because like, yeah. it, it's... It's almost like when they say... If right, Amplers were morphized it without realising by doing that sort of a thing, you know, well, it, it's, it's, it's kind of like, you know, when they say, like, oh, this thing is uh, extinct, and then they find... Oh, no, it's not. Uh, the perfect example being the coelacanth. This was, this was extinct 200,000 years ago. And then fishermen pull it up at the big turn of the 19th century, like, in a boat. Like, oh, no, it's not. You just haven't found it. Because yeah. that's the other thing, right? It's like, we haven't found it. Well, there's a reason for it. It doesn't want to be found. Otherwise, yeah. you'd find it. Yeah. You know, all these things. And like you said, if I'm a creature that's been around, that eats that much, yeah. I wouldn't give a fuck. Because, yeah. quite frankly, I'm the biggest apex predator. I mean, if polar bears could, they'd eat us all to death. Yeah. Honestly. Never mind them house cats. Yeah, you, never mind the house, house cats. Cat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because, you know, that's what I'm saying. If, if they have the, 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 which I would love to go on because polar bears, why wouldn't you? But they have these, like, giant uh, uh, buses where the tires are, like, you know, eight feet tall or whatever. And they go on these, like, polar uh, explorations up in Canada. Yeah. And they go, like, on a, on an ice floe or something or wherever up in, 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 in the Labrador Peninsula and look at polar bears. And the polar bears stand up on their hind legs and are trying to kind of like swat at the windows, you know. And people are like, oh, it's so cute, it's saying hi. No, 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 no. He's trying to figure out how to open this tin can and eat you. Yeah. That's what he's doing. He doesn't care that you're looking it's at like, him. Oh, they're bringing he's... food right to me now. Yes, My whole existence is about finding food. It's that <laughs> right. That's exactly yeah. what he's thinking. Yeah. Yes. You're right. It's totally, the whole like mythical monster thing is very flawed. It's like maybe a couple of, I mean, but, but that's that's the reason why it works, right? Yeah. Because it is like, well, one person saw it on a dark night with a full moon, October 31st in 1478, you know, and he's the only one that saw it and his eyes were bloodshot ever since. What? Okay. That's the same as Jaws. It's why Jaws works so well. Right. It's basically like they took a, they took like a, a, a prehistoric beast and they made it like semi-neurotic. Right. Effectively is what <laughs> right. they did. They're like, right. we, we gave it like the traits of like a neurotic, like kind of like, he's got these revenge issues. Right. And like, he's like, oh, that boat's not too big enough for me. I can take that boat. What do you think of me? Like, what are you saying? I shouldn't be hunting that boat. You think I should be uh, just in the sea eating a uh, krill? No, fuck you. No, I'm going to eat these people instead. Right. There's no reason. Right. There's no nature, re you know, it's mad. It's madness. It is. But yeah. he's just being crazy. Yeah. If, the, if Jaws had a therapist, he would sit him down and be like, Jaws, seriously, stop. like, stop trying to eat metal boats yeah. and, like, just do what most sharks do. Eat, like, the fish in the eat sea. Why are you wasting what are you your time going after this one boat? Like, seriously, there's a whole ocean out there. This is an obsession. You really need to stop <laughs> it's it. obsession. You this need to get obsession. over yourself. Yes. Yeah. You need to get a hold of yourself. Just stop. <laughs> Who am I talking to here? George Street? Look, I'm sorry he killed your father and your mother. But just get over it, okay? Right. There are plenty more fish in the sea, Jaws. Yes. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And, and, and let alone the, the seals and, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> so anyway. But again, it's so arrogant of humans. It's like, what? There's nothing that a shark would love more than to just Ver kill us. Revenge. Yeah. We're the real prey. Like, it's, nah, you know. Most, for the most part, if a shark bites you, like... You'll die, they'll bite you once, right. and they'll go, oh, you taste like shit, no, right. fuck off. And like, you die or you don't die. Right. Which is why usually it's like one bite, and it depends where they be, because they're like, oh, that's horrible. Yeah, yeah, They don't care about us. They're like, you're completely the wrong creature for us. <laughs> right, <laughs> exactly. So, uh, Surfer Boy gets eaten 
the girl who's freaking out, who's in the water, the pretty Asian girl, our protagonist jumps in and gets her and pulls her onto the boat. The speedboat sped off to kind of try and lure the creature away. The creature was like, no, 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 there's food here. Oh, and there was another guy on the boat who was taking pot shots at it with, with a freaking rifle. Yeah. And as he's taking pot shots at it with the rifle on the lake, they go back to the construction site, a shot of Dolph just turning around, also at nighttime, just kind of looking because he hears the shots. But he's just not reacting to it at all. Yeah. He's not like saying like, oh my God, it's out there. Let's go get the fucker and end it with. He's kind of like, oh, yeah. I think I'm gonna have another scotch now before I go to bed. I mean, just like the, the reaction, whoever the director was for this movie, the reactions, and I don't know if it was in the script or whatever, I don't think that's what they wanted to portray. Yeah. Because it, it just seems weird. So, they get the girl on the boat, uh, the boat with everybody on gets to shore, and they all jump out of the boat and run onto the shore. And there's a white dude like that we mentioned in a linen, uh, a, a sports jacket, who's wrapped a towel around himself, and he's obviously the coward of the group, and saying, I don't want to go out there anymore, or whatever. And my guess is he's the company representative. Yeah. Because he's obviously not into any of the, he's not a tech guy, he's not just a, 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 a fish wrangler, he's not, he, none of it. He's just, and obviously the wuss and, and just the douchebag of the group. Next scene is in the morning, I believe, right? Again? Yeah, on that like, beach thing. On the beach, yes, yes, yes. And the protagonist is, the girl that he pulled out of the water is crying inconsolably now. I guess now that Beach Boy has been eaten, he must have been her, like, leg. <laughs> Beach Boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Beach Boy's been eaten. And, oh, speaking of which, look at that. Sharks on the big screen. Anyway. Um, Brian Wilson is just floating in the water. <laughs> so Beach Boy's been eaten. She's crying uncontrollably. The death of all these other men didn't bother her one bit, but she's crying uncontrollably. So our protagonist is giving everybody a pep talk, it looks like. Trying to cheer everybody up, like, hey, don't worry about it. So he lost that guy. All he did was carry on a fucking camera. Who gives a fuck? That's what he's saying, basically. Then it goes from there. The scene cuts to nighttime. And the girl that got rescued out of water and our protagonist are sneaking back onto the site that they were like eating sandwiches two nights ago. Yeah, yeah. Or a night ago, whatever it was now, because I kind of got lost with all the cuts. There's so many night and days. It's like... What? Right, this it, is the third night. This it, is the third night. It's exhausting. It's exhausting, right. To think about the filming schedule. Yes. Because it must have been like, right, it's nighttime. We have 12 scenes to film <laughs> now. Or like, it's daytime. We have all of the rest of the films to it's, film. We have four days to do this. It's so like, in 20 minutes, we went through three days. Yeah. Literally. In 20 minutes. And there's, like, there's no dust. There's no in-betweening. It's broad daylight, yes. or it's pitch black, or pitch black midnight. Right, right, right. There's no like, oh, it's getting dark now. Yeah. Let's set up the lures. Something. Nothing. Nothing. Nothing's there. So, the two of them now are going back to the work site where the pipes were that crushed everything. And, and they're sneaking onto the site, which I don't get because she was just there getting a sandwich two nights ago. Why does she have to sneak onto the site now? Oh, the union people closed it down. <laughs> was it the union or was it the corporation? Uh, don't, don't, don't you be anti-union, motherfucker, true, because... True, 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 true. <laughs> hey, I'm pro-union. I'm a proud union member. Uh, yeah, it's that corporation. That Shady Corp. Like, Shady Corp Inc. Shady Corp Inc., right. They, and, um... So the two of them sneak on, and they're obviously trying to find a way into some building to look up some papers. I guess Dolph didn't give them the info that they were looking for. Yeah. And so the guy's looking how to get into the trailer, and he rummages through a box, and he pulls out, I should not, because I have one of these, I know exactly what it is, a four-pound short-handle sledgehammer. And I'm like, okay, he's going to break the window, or break the door down. And of course, in that silly trope as men are dumb as fuck, 
because they will take a rock to crack open a walnut and crush everything in between. Yeah. The woman says, wait a minute, let's check if the window's open. And sure enough, the window's open. But they don't show them going through the window. Yeah. They just show them they're next on the inside. And they have flashlights. And they're looking through stuff. And one of them's looking on the computer. And one of them's rifling through, through papers. And the flashlight that the dude has is bright as fuck. I mean, it's... It's one of those infomercial flashlights. Yes, yeah, yeah right. Like, only for four installments of 1999. <laughs> yes. In fact, you could probably signal a jetliner at 40,000 feet yeah. with this fucking flashlight in yeah, the, yeah. In the, at nighttime. Yeah. And it's just like, shouldn't you try to at least, like, literally the whole, like, trailer is lit up like, like a neon light came on kind of thing. And they're rummaging through, and they literally have maybe two minutes of rummaging, if that. Yeah. When the doors bust open, security is there. And they catch them, and they tie them up, and they put zip ties on them, and they put them in a chair. And now Dolph is there, talk, berating them and telling them stuff. And he does this because the girl was his assistant who gave him coffee, and he runs kind of like a creepy hand along her shoulder, like suggestively, almost kind of like. Like, I'm disappointed in you, kind of thing, right? And he talks to them, blah, 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 and then they're alone. I don't know why more people don't sneak into places in the daytime, by the way. Like, I feel like that... It's an old trope of, like, yeah, if you're going to sneak in, you sneak at nighttime. I feel like that's the one time when, like, there's someone whose literal job is to be walking around to make sure there's no one there. Right. It's dark, so right. any light is going to look suspicious. People in flashlights around in a room, right. you're going to see. You're right. like, What's that over there yeah. in the distance? You in the daytime, there's people there. They're not going to. Any other people who are just acting like they belong there, people who were there a couple of days ago, like. And security is like super lax. If they're asking people, they're not like routinely going around checking everybody's IDs. They're just looking out for like. You know, extra suspicious things. Sure. Sneaking in daytime, I don't understand. Uh, it, it makes more sense because it yeah. makes more sense. Like, um, oh hey, you want to grab a drink? You want to, you know, lure the person outside? Come on, it's on me. Don't worry about it. Nothing. You, there are no phone calls. No, and then the other dude sneaks in. That makes more sense. Yeah. Because then if somebody walks in, it's like, oh, I was looking for my vacation form to fill out. Exactly. Yeah, you're sneaking at nighttime. It's like, no, you're a criminal. You got some Watergate shit going on right here. <laughs> That's right. right. Yeah. So why would you do that? So they get caught. They have a talking to with Dolph Lundgren, and then they're left alone. And because it is, it's it's an on-site construction site, whatever, it's a trailer. Apparently, there's a hot plate, a gas hot plate, mind you, which whoever the writer was or or or, or the prop selector. It would have been more believable if it was an electric hot plate. Because uh -huh. then he could kind of just... So our protagonist with the zip ties turns on the hot plate, which is gas, like, obviously, uh, 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 propane, lit, puts the flames on high, and decides to put his wrists towards the flame to weaken the zip tie enough to break it off. Like, all right, no. Because he's got third-degree burns all over his wrists. <laughs> yeah. And he's whimpering like a little child because unless you've had a really severe burn, you cannot possibly know how much it hurts. Oh, yeah. It, it, like, everything's on fire. I've had, like, hot solder fall in my hand while I was working the torch. So I couldn't just, like, drop the torch because it was on. I had to take it out. And by that time, the solder just, like, really, like, just dug its way. I mean, I still have a scar there, that, that thing. It like literally melted its way into my hand and I had to like dig it out. Every nerve is on fire when that happens. So when you see a burn victim, yeah. please do whatever you can for them. Because their their suffering is unimaginable. I can't So he goes and puts his wrists on this thing, pops it up and our and our time is up. And first of all I'm like first of all, everyone's gonna smell the hair that just burnt off your hand. Your your wrist. You're in an office. You're in an Is office. Is there not some scissors around, or like a sharp edge somewhere that you can just rub against? Or or, or, or quite frankly, there's two of you in a chair. She's there. You're there. She, not for nothing. She could probably chew on that zip tie until yeah. it's like loose enough that he could pop it off. Yeah. I don't know about reverse zip tie. It's 
No, it's probably. I, I, I have. You, I have, you have a breakaway trick. I have the breakaway trick for the front zip tie. See, uh, 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 ladies and gentlemen, the Quig is a master escape artist. <laughs> I have, a, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Whether it's. I'm a life hacker. A life hacker, uh, yeah. Whether it's uh, um, imp uh, unlawful imprisonment or. Um, <laughs> Or if it's a a, a a set breakdown, he's escaped from all of no it. No green card holder worth their salt does not know how to escape from restraints. <laughs> you never know. So, and, and that's our twenty minutes. That's our twenty minutes. Yeah. It's uh, <laughs> my goodness. Yeah, it was. Uh, uh, again, we see so many of these. I mean. For all of the foreign films that we see, right. where they you've got, you give it to them, you're like, right, I feel bad for the creative team behind this, just for the sake that, like, this looks really good. It looks like they're doing a really good job of what right. they're doing. And unfortunately, because of the place they were born, the nationality they are, they're never going to get worldwide acclaim for this. Right. You know, unless some American decides they're going to remake it and take it all from them. Right. You know. Right, right, right. Um, right. And you go, well, this is some good stuff. And then you see the other end. Way too often. Way too America, often. America, the land where you can make something amazing. All these people, you could just go around giving money to all these brilliant artists around the world who right. are making these great things. And they're like, no, it's easier to just make some shit. shit. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> you're going to make money on it. Yeah. I was actually just reading a, a, an article about. Um, the making of, of Street Fighter. Oh, I, heard, I saw a headline about that. Man. Yes, I was just reading that whole article and it's just mind-blowingly fascinating. And they were talking about how, like, how they made it and the video game wanted a guy to do it and I forget the guy's name, but he's done tons of like big, big hit movies. And they were talking about it. They had like a 10-week schedule, I think. And they were given... Thirteen million dollars for the movie, something like that, back in '94, or thirteen or thirty. Either way, which was in '94 was yeah. a lot of money to get to make a movie. They shot in Thailand and they shot in Australia, and they were talking about like how um, the the whoever was uh, the producers, the main producers of studio or whoever or or the video game studio, they wanted them to put more of the characters from the video game in it. Yeah. And the director was just like, all right, fine, let's, you know, so we kept on like, there were so many characters that had like one line kind of stuff in there. So they were like, all right, who can we get in? And they got Van Damme to play, um, Guile. Guile, right. And they were saying that was just bad because he had literally just done Time Cop. Yeah. And Time Cop, Time Cop was to Van Damme what True Lies was to Schwarzenegger. Yeah. All of a sudden it was just like, Oh, this guy's fucking legit. He can he can act. He's not just an action star. He can act and he can really freaking bring in. It's not just like oh the the, the martial arts or action kind of movie guy. And so like they blew like half the budget like just paying him. And also like, he's supposed to, Guile is Guile is one of the two or three characters in the whole Street Fighter franchise who's American. Yeah, they cast the like one Belgian guy. guy. <laughs> right, right, right. You can't find an American guy to just play a... Then they were talking about Raul Julia, who at the time was like undergoing treatment for stomach cancer. Yeah. And he had all this like weight he lost. It was his last film, was it? It was his last film, yeah. Poor and guy. they said like he was like a consummate professional on set. So Van Damme was just like doing $10,000 back then of coke a week. $10,000 back then to put it into perspective. I thought I was getting paid. I got bamboozled my first job out of college. They told me my uh, wage was going to be 15, 15 bucks an hour, which back then was $30,000 a year, which is in 1994. Yeah. I was fucking James Bond. I had everything planned out already. Yeah. I'm getting a new car. I'm getting my own place. I'm going to be freaking knee deep in parties and chicks and whatever, <laughs> you know. That was $30,000, yes. and Van Damme was blowing through ten a third of that a week in coke. Yeah. <laughs> Just to put in, like literally, 30 grand a year when I came out of college, I would have been living fat. Yeah. Like, like, 
like like a super like a jet setter almost. Yeah. Because I would have had money for rent. I would have had money for vacations. I could have been going out every night buying people drinks. It was that's how much thirty grand was back then. Oh yeah. It, that's it, still the average. That's still the mean salary in England. Thirty grand, like thirty grand, ten thousand pounds. Well, that's like, that's closer to forty-five. Yeah. So it's probably like the same, like here. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. right, I think the average, and then this is fifty, but that's because of you know your Zuckerbergs and all these other and Bezos who make you know eight million every time they fucking fart, you know. So, but anyway, like with, with the with the um, Street Fighter, like all the things they were saying, they were saying like. Van Damme, of course, because he was coked out of his mind, was a douche. Yeah. So he would throw a, a fit, and for two weeks, uh, I mean, for like six hours, he wouldn't come out of his trailer and that kind of stuff. The guy who was the other lead, uh, Ryu, yeah. um, another guy got the part, uh, he got the part over another guy, and the guy was still in the movie, and they were giving him things like they didn't know what was happening, so they went to Ryu, he's like, we're going to have a knife fight today. He was like, what, what knife fight? They're like, we're doing a knife fight. He's like, what? I have no idea. And so, like, they were like, all right. So they had a stunt guy who knew knife fighting, and they showed him what to do. Like, they had to cut, they had to cut all this training that they were supposed to get, uh, 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 all the actors. So when they got Van Damme, they had to, like, and Raul Julia, they had to cast a bunch of, like, no-names that nobody knew about. Yeah. Uh, Ming-Na Wen was there, who's, of course, now famously on uh, 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 Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., as as May, um, and they got Kylie Minogue, who's yeah. already a big pop star, uh-huh. and they said she was like the best. Yeah, she's like super nice, super cute. Um, she went out and got, like rented a club in Bangkok and bought drinks for everybody and just rented a club out for the night. And it was like everybody relax, have a good time, kind of stuff. Because apparently at one point, because it was all hot and humid, they were all sickly. They're like you know fever, diarrhea kind of stuff, and he said you could actually see it in the movie, you you know when they were shooting in Australia, because all of a sudden, they're all that much bigger and buffer and have like meat on them, <laughs> because they were like able to work out and eat properly kind of stuff, so it was just, just I love, I love reading that kind of stuff when you're like, what the hell's happening behind the scenes, <laughs> like, and so, I guess, I guess the whole point is, when you see a movie like this with Lundgren, and we've talked about this before. The cinematography was good, so it looked like the budget was good. I don't know what the edits were all about. I don't know. I, well, I, I'm almost certain Dolph Lundgren filmed his scenes in... A week. Yeah, like a third of what everybody else's schedule was. Yes. Um, which helps with the night and day cutting. Yes. Because they would have literally been like, right, we have three days and three nights with Dolph. Right. We're yeah. doing everything, night, day, night, day, night, day, yep. night, day, for that. Yep. And everyone else just fits in around it, yep. you know. Yeah. we can't afford to give them anything you're probably, Yeah, you're probably right. I mean, yeah. it's kind of like, um, if you ever saw, if you ever saw, uh, 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 what was it? She's one of my favorite Stardust. Wonder, Stardust. You ever seen Stardust? Neil Gaiman yeah, Stardust? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good movie. The whole scene with uh, Robert De Niro as the sky pirate. Yeah. I was like, that could have been made so much longer because there was just so much more story there. Yeah. But apparently they only had him for two weeks. Yeah. And that's why that turned out that way. I think that's another movie they should revisit because that was actually very well done. Charlie Cox, uh, I, I thought um, Michelle Pfeiffer was brilliant in it. They've, they've made some mistakes, that creative team, to a certain degree. They... Um well, sequel mistakes. They were the team that made Stardust. That uh-huh. was their first big film in, uh, of, of them making a film. It, it was uh, Matthew Vaughan mm-hmm. and um, Jane Goldberg, who's the wife of a very famous English, the equivalent of David Letterman in England. Goldberg, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ross, who's a talk oh, yeah, show no, host. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And has been a talk show host for, like, 30 years. Right, right, right. Um, <clears throat> It's his wife, she's a screenwriter and a producer. Uh-huh. Matthew Vaughan is a screenwriter and producer. He cut his teeth being the producer for Guy Ritchie's films. Okay. When he started out. So Lockstock, Two Smoking Barrels and Snatch. He right. was the producer slash assistant director. Right, right, right. And then he started to do his own films. He did like Layer Cake and then like another one. But then they did, their first thing was like Stardust was their big 
they now they're like a duo, Jane Goldman and him. They write and produce. He directs right. the films. That was their first big film. It was a big indie hit in right. Britain. They were like, oh, and they became big here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Off the back of that, pretty soon after that, they did Kick-Ass. Oh, okay. Which, again, was a big cop thing. And then off, then after that, they did Kingsman. Oh, wow. Okay. But then they did Kick-Ass 2, which got panned. And yeah. then recently did Kingsman 2, which got panned. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's like, ah, why do you keep doing that? Like, the reason you were so cool is you had these original things. You were writing original things that were so cool. Kick-Ass you know, was a comic book film. Yeah, but I mean, but it was... Um, and Stardust does, yeah, Neil Gaiman, uh, yeah. But they were like original as far as yeah, yeah, Hollywood goes. Like yeah, yeah, you were, yeah, yeah, you were yeah, taking yeah, yeah. cult, you know, um, I mean, uh, you know, they they wrote, they rewrote the material themselves. I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. They were, it was inspired by a pre, but they, Jane Goldman and Matthew Vaughan write the scripts themselves. Right, right, like, right. And, you know, they have a meeting, but they write them. Like Neil Gaiman and Stardust, like, I'm sure he was like an executive producer or something, right, but right. He, they wrote it. Um, but yeah, it's like they, they, they became famous for doing that, for going and finding cool ideas and making a film of it. And then the second you sell out for... But to be fair to them, they probably don't have a word in it. I'm sure the studio just said, right, we're making a sequel because it was a success. Yes. You can either be in on it and right. get three times the amount of money as you did last time, or you could not be in on it. We're going to give it to somebody else and you have no control of what happens. Yeah. And that's how it works. Well, yeah, because, I mean... In order to get your stuff done, you kind of have to sell your soul, right? Yeah. And give up creative control. And, yeah. Yes, that's what happens. That's that's, that's why that's why so many people. That's why there's so many filmmakers out there that would never leave the indie world. Yeah. Because they don't want any part of the studio and. There's so many distributor clauses shit. when you yeah, do these Hollywood yeah. movies. Like you look at all these franchises, the Mission Impossible's, all the rest. Where yeah. like without realizing it, like there's no such thing anymore as just making like you know a one-off like you know a great one-off film you right. don't just make a, a Rain Man and yeah. be done with it right. it's like no any film it's in all these contracts now yeah. the studio reserves the right yeah. to continue building upon this franchise yeah and everyone wants franchises yeah because because they all look at Marvel and they look at Star Wars yeah and they're like this is what we can do no you can't the reason why Marvel can do it because they've got literally literally 50 years of stories to mine for material. But people don't realize that. I, I wonder how many people in like the executive branch that no. produces the money even know that. Yeah, no. They have no idea. They don't know. They've got a 50-year so library. they trying to do with other things. Yeah. It's like, no. They've got a 50-year <laughs> library of stories yeah. that were put out monthly. Literally. Yeah. You know, I mean, DC, same thing. It's like, you guys don't realize it. Why does Game of Thrones work? Because it was these great books that you could mine and just really do well. Yeah. I'm actually surprised more of the cable stations don't do more of that. Just like delve into, like, because there are so yeah. many just, well, Harry Potter, right, was was kind of, Harry Potter was kind of like, kind of what made everybody do it, really. Because uh-huh. here's a series of books. They tried to do it with the Percy Jackson series, and that just kind of, like, bombed. But, I mean, the Harry Potter series, and, and they showed, like, no. If you get somebody who's really into the material, who really cares about it, you get the author to kind of sit there and approve it with you, you'll have a hell of a product because it was a good story and that's why it was a freaking bestseller and everybody read it. It's, it's like you said, it's, these guys, they have no freaking clue. It's like Marvel can do it because it's got, you know, Star Wars for that matter, this whole thing like where they said like the extended universe is done. Yeah. No, you're full of shit yeah. because you're getting all these stories from the extended universe. Uh-huh. The Han Solo trilogy was a Han Solo trilogy of books. Yeah. You're just fucking rewriting it for your own purposes, saying like, no, it has nothing to do with that, and yet you're just taking elements from all of them and yeah. just putting them into your new movies. That's all it is. So, but anyway, all right, let's uh, let's review our uh, goodies, shall we? Yes. Shall we go with, let's go with the food first. What do you think of Valhalla's uh, nachos grande with beef? Um, I'm a little disappointed. A little okay. disappointed. Okay. It was, uh, again, I was saying maybe not the best decision. I'm, I have a wisdom tooth issue at the minute. That okay. I'm, 
but it's, it's a, I'm at that kind of masochistic stage where mm. it's not painful. Right, I right. just keep tonguing at my uh, yep, yeah, yeah, area yeah. where Touching I'm like, it, teething, yeah, yeah, scratching and it. it's kind of like nice. It's almost soothing to like just yeah. feel it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was almost like crunch, crunching nachos in it, being like, yeah, this feels good. Um, I'm going to call Jeffrey Rush to give you a few <laughs> points from the Marquis de Sade movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was a little... Uh, yeah, the, the nachos are very crunchy. I, I, it was like... They were kind of weird. They, they almost tasted like they were freshly made. Okay. I don't know if they were, just because it was so... They were very thick and very crunchy. Okay. Which is fine if they're the main deal. But when you have, like, a whole thing of meat and all this stuff going on, like, I don't need every nacho to, like, take, like, four... Bites to eat it, yeah. It's a bit of an effort. Um, and it was a little bit kind of like the salsa and the sour cream were on the side, which for some people is fine, but for me it's like, well, the appeal of the nachos is that you have to go to all the effort to like stick it all in one thing, right, and then right, I just have to eat it. For right, me right. to have to do the work of like, how do I spread this amongst the rest so I get a good even. I'm like, I'm already basically, am I the sous chef now? Because I feel like I'm the sous okay. chef. This goes back to the quickly being the escape artist people. If there's effort, he doesn't want any part of it. Yeah. Uh-uh. Yeah. Okay, so what do, you, what do you give it? So I give it a uh, 2.7. Wow, okay. Yeah. Um, I had the, the, the boneless chicken fingers, which is kind of a, but it's, their, their food menu is not huge, it's typical bar stuff. Uh, the chicken was tasty, plump, juicy. The breading was fantastic. It was like it was like eating potato chips. It was so crunchy. It was like well deep fried. Um, the Korean barbecue sauce was nice, a little bit spicy. Overall, it was nice. Yeah. Nothing I would write home about kind of stuff. Um, I give it a 3.0. Okay. You know. All right. Oh, your favorite band is playing right now. I know. I know. I love this song too. Very nice. Yeah. And that would be? Muse. Muse. Yeah. And the song? Uh, I get confused. I always forget the song it's too. It's Uprising or Resistance. I can never remember which is the album, which is the single. The, oh, good point. This is not the Uprising album. This oh. is... The song is Resistance, I think. Resistance. Yeah. Then, okay, so then the the album is. Because uh... Upri- is it Uprising the one with the guy and like a million shadows of him? I don't know the videos. No, no, no. The, the album oh. cover. Oh, he. Uh... I don't know. I have to pick it up now. All right. Yeah. Well, anyway. All right. So, what do we do for the Kelso Nut Brown Lager? Since we've had two, uh... and I'm feeling really nice about. I liked the lagers now, yeah. I thought it was really good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought it was very tasty. Uh, up, resi- oh no, it's resistance, resistance. Resistance, re- okay, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, no, it was a. Uh, it, 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 yeah, it was very nice. It was a lot better than I expected. I'm like, uh, I'm when it comes to like ales, sometimes it's like, eh, I don't know. What, I liked it a lot. I think it was, it was. You mean lagers? Oh, was it a lager? Yeah, it was a lager. Oh, I thought it was an ale. No, no, that was a lager. Oh. Toasted nut brown lager. Oh, I got confused. I was looking at Sam Smith nut brown ale. Oh, no, no, no. Nut, nut brown, brown lager. lager. Yep. Okay. Okay. Right. Uh, oh, I'm, I'm maybe more impressed then because lager, that was a lot more complex. Yeah, then, yeah no, 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 yeah, yeah. That was a very. Yeah. You're right. This was more along the sides of. Um, yeah, in terms of. Of lager, you're right. It had that crispness of a lager, but yeah. a lot more complex. It, yeah. it was almost like I want to say it, it was. It was almost like on the porterish side. Yeah, no, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was very nice. Tell you what, I'll go with the grade first since you want the food yep. first. I'll give this one a. I'll give it a three eight. Um, thank you. I Thanks. would. Uh, I go exactly the same. Three eight. Three eight. Yeah. All right. Very good. All right. And now for our, our movie review, legendary, starring Dolph Lundgren and a bunch of people we ain't never seen or heard of before. I got to tell you though, I would have loved to have gotten one of those roles. 
to be uh, one of these useless people that react terribly. Uh -huh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was in a movie with Dolph London. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know he wasn't talking to anybody, though. No, no, he wasn't. Of course, me being the person that I am, every time I saw him, I would just look at him dead in the eyes and go like, I must break you. And yeah. that's and then walk away. It, to the would, point where he if would If you walked up to, my him face to speak to him, he would look at you before you even got there and he'd be like, Masters of the Universe or Rocky. <laughs> right. Like, By looking uh, at me. <laughs> right. <laughs> bit of both? <laughs> bit of both? Yeah, okay. <laughs> Actually, no. No, I'll tell you which one I would have complimented it on. Uh -huh. uh, 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 what was it called? Oh, what the hell was it called? Now I'm confusing it with the other one. There was a movie he did with Brandon Lee. I didn't see that. And it was called... Something Little Tokyo. I've only ever seen The Crow. I've not seen any other Brandon Lee films. Oh my goodness, no. It's, it's, that was like Brandon Lee's first like movie foray. And he was yeah. really funny. He was kind of like almost like the comic foil to Dolph Lundgren. Huh. It was like where he walks in and Dolph Lundgren's like with his girlfriend in the hot tub. And Brandon Lee's like, yeah, dude, I'm not... I can't compete with that. You know, <laughs> like when Dolph Lundgren like, kind of like stands yeah, yeah. up. Like with his, I guess, big Swedish axe. So, something... Oh, Showdown in Little Tokyo. That's what it was called. Um, Showdown in Little Tokyo. Look it up. I'm surprised Dolph Lundgren's not played more like Nazis and things. He probably doesn't want to. Do you know he was in the... And I didn't even know they made it... And I'm so just disappointed. They made a kindergarten cop sequel and he was the lead in it. I did know that. And did I you? I never watched it. <laughs> I never watched it. Yeah, I never watched it either. There is a strange... There is like a there are certain things that happen generationally that like generations below you just won't understand. Like um, you know, and a lot of it, and it's funny because even though you know we're we're two ends of a generation between us, but right. like a lot of the things that you would that you would bring up as things that people wouldn't understand would be the same things I would because I was right at the end of right. so I still grew up on cassette tapes yep. and VHS and, right. like, un, and records I right. still had that stuff yeah. it was still pre-internet right. when I was like a child yeah there are certain things outside of like cassette tapes and all that that wouldn't understand there are certain more obscure things and one of them is that I have a very specific when I think about movies to this day right. there are certain movies I will know that I would have like a kindred like love for right without realizing if I go back in my memory the reason I have a love for them is that I used to get all my movies from the video store right the video rental store that right. was near my local town it wasn't a blockbuster it was an independent one right and I used to pick out the movies I wanted to watch based on the picture on the video cassette. right yeah, of course and I had no idea what the movie was right. I didn't read reviews yeah, I didn't yeah. watch the no. trailers I no. literally just looked at I guess it was the poster the movie poster the video and certain movies I think of them and I just think of the poster right and I'm, the, I think of the VHS tape cover and right. I'm like oh or like the tagline yeah, yeah, yeah. tagline that's nothing that's sure. disappeared yeah um, but the reason I that came to me immediately is I remember the vision of Dolph Lundgren with like kids like hanging off him <laughs> and I remember even as a kid being like that's not my kindergarten <laughs> No, no, no. Uh -uh. Kim no. went back then. No, 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 no way. No, no, no. Yeah, that's... That, I remember that image and making the decision. Because the way that the video store was panned out is right. all the sequels would be next to yeah, the yeah, films. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you could... For convenience, you could right. be like... Sure. You could watch Honey, Shot the Kids. Honey, I Blew Up the Kids. Honey, you know, you could... Right. Bang, bang, bang. And... Um, because that, that was your next film. Yeah, You'd be course. like, oh, I'm going to watch this one. Well, of course well, I'm going to watch it. Put this one back. And you and put course, it back I, in the slot. I, have, get that one I have the OCD thing too, where if I'm invested enough in the original, I have to see the sequel, even if it's crap. Now, I haven't seen Kindergarten Cop. And unless it shows up on TBS, I probably won't watch it. But if it's on TBS, I'll probably be vacuuming and watching it and go, this is awful. Yeah. <laughs> Because, you know, it's kind of like uh, uh, the Highlander series, yeah. the movies. I've seen all of them because I thought Highlander, the first one, was brilliant. Then they came out with two and three, and each one was worse than the next. Uh -huh. And then they did the series, which kind of did away with the whole thing. And I was like, this show is brilliant. And then they did the movie, which kind of closed the series. And I'm like, this is brilliant. And then they did another movie of the series, and it was absolute shit. And I was like, I can't believe and it. was funny. I was telling my, a friend of mine at work, and she was into it too. And I said, yeah, so 
the Highlander movie was on Sci-Fi, and she she looks at me without batting an eyelid or, 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 or missing a beat. She goes, "You watched it all the way to the end, didn't you?" I said, "I did, I did." She's like, "Was it worth it?" No, but I still watched it. <laughs> it's like I can't help but, like you said, yeah, it's they line them up right there because they know people like I have me. The same thing. I, and it, it's funny. I get there's a generational thing that I think we're like. My wife doesn't have, she didn't have that nostalgia. She didn't used to do that. She didn't used to watch films when she was a kid. Right. That at all. Right. So she fits perfectly within the new millennial style of like Netflix, where you can just delve in and out of TV series. You watch and this, will. that, and the other. Right. And like, oh, watch a few episodes of this, then a few episodes of that, or whatever. I can't do that because I'm so ingrained from, I watch movies from when I was day dark that I'm used to, like, no, I see it through. Yeah, yeah. I, I actively, it's hard for me because I'll find a TV show I love on Netflix and I'll have to stop watching it immediately. So I'm like, I can't watch this yeah. because I'm already watching this other thing yeah. and I can't like cheat on the for, other thing. For, I need to watch one thing. For me, for me, it's the opposite. It's, I will almost go through a whole other season when the show and the writing, I think, has turned to shit before I will finally admit to myself, it's like, it's shit now, stop watching it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Arrow is a perfect example of that. Uh -huh. I was watching it religiously. And I really enjoyed it, and I think then I got like halfway through season three. And I'm like, why am I watching this? This yeah. is really bad. Yeah. I shouldn't be watching this anymore. This is just a waste of my freaking time. I got yeah. better things to do than watch like season four of Arrow. I just, <laughs> it's like no. And and like you said, it's like no. And, and I never used to allow myself to feel, but like now that I've gotten older, I'm just like, no, why, why, why am I watching this? There's no reason for me to watch this. It's There's funny no how those things work. Netflix has made it so much easier to, to give up on series. Yes. If, if The Walking Dead, for example, was a Netflix original, I would have stopped watching The Walking Dead three seasons ago. Yeah, well, um, sure. Because it's not, because it's AMC, and there's a huge marketing campaign and publicity, and everyone watches it, and when yep. it's out, it's a big thing, I'd still watch it. Yet every time a new season comes out, I'm like, this is shit, it's boring, yes. it's so formulaic, I don't know why I'm watching it. Nothing is happening because I can see that the only goal of this TV show is to make it to the next season. Yeah. There's no end in sight. No, They're just going to keep going and going and it's going. It's funny because my wife, my wife always says, like, ah, you're watching your soap operas again? And I'm like, they're not soap Yeah, they are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they are. Yeah. And she's right. They're all soap operas. They are. Yeah. It's just like whether the story is interesting enough to keep your attention and it's so it's so hard because you want there to be you know you want something, there to yeah, be something yeah you want it to be good it would be nice like, if like the Marvel TV shows it would be so wonderful if when you know um, Kristen Ritter went in for Jessica Jones they said look this is our plan we have three seasons in mind yep. at the end of the third season you die right that's it but we want to get we may not get to three but if we do this is it and you die at this point and that's it because this is the narrative right. it goes bang unfortunately in a post-Marvel world it doesn't work like that no. they're like there's no end in sight and as any storyteller will tell you like you don't have an end like you're you basically stuck in a perpetual sense of like writer's block yeah like you, what are you doing what are you gonna how write can about? you write anything if you don't know what the end is gonna be isn't that the point of TV shows is we don't know what the end of life is going to be like the point of life is we don't know the end we know it's coming but we don't know when and we don't know where so we need this other shit to distract us from right. if the shit that we're using as distraction doesn't know where the end is right. we're just in this perpetual motion of like I don't know how, like yeah. I need to know there is an end yeah yeah you could die and never know the end yes. to like so much of this stuff you're putting your time into yeah absolutely <laughs> alright so I'm going to make my call on legendary I will say it's anything but yeah. legendary. <laughs> this is, considering it's the middle 20 minutes and we only saw the creature once and a bare glimpse of it. I will say this is what, what I think it is. It's a construction site. They're trying to get uh, 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 progress to go forward. They hired Dolph Lundgren to make sure there are no hiccups in it. Mm -hmm. And eventually it's going to come down to Creature and Dolph. Uh -huh. And Dolph will probably... Just punch it in the tip. No, no. <laughs> Kick it in the balls. That's what Dolph will do, yeah. No, I think Dolph will strap a liquid petroleum bottle, gas bottle to himself. 
and dive into the creature and kill it that way and save everybody. <laughs> That's what I think Dolph will do. That's what the movie's about. Yeah. Eventually showing that Dolph, even though he's a bad swallow guy early on, he just swallows it. Right, <laughs> swallow this is yeah, is perfect. It's either Jesus. It's either the end of Legendary or a public service announcement about Harvey Weinstein. I don't want to be there. So. That's that's what I think is going on with Legendary. What about yourself? What I think, okay. Uh, I think it is. I think it is fake news. Okay. <laughs> what is? I think it. <laughs> what is? I think the whole thing is fake news. I didn't see the monster once. I don't think there's any monster here. Okay. I just saw a bunch of people from China who were running from around where? From, where? from China. <laughs> running around they were doing whatever they were doing for like no money the labor was awful there was no bad it should have been happening in the United States it yes. would never have happened this way bad business bad business okay. bad deal bad okay. deal I would never have made this okay. deal well, I, President I would never Trump, have I made this deal you came for our podcast thank, thank, you, for, thank you for attending uh, that is what I think <laughs> alright uh, Mr. Trump I'm going to ask um the quig what he really thinks about what's going on here so um i i think it was a um i think perhaps there was a secret sex school what uh i, I just hey bear with me here okay i think perhaps there was a secret sex school okay um oh those big pipes were for all the training <laughs> <laughs> yes because you do need good drainage uh and uh <laughs> this it was it was uh, it was in the same way Hogwarts is a wizarding school. Oh, you're right, yeah. And they have like the beasts, you know, that like uh, the uh, flitch and stuff. They have like the big scary like uh, animals that like protect the school. Um, oh, okay. Hagrid yeah, yeah, has yeah, his beasts there, like uh, and in the Forbidden Forest. Yeah, this big creature is basically protecting the sex school okay. and all of its students mm. um, from the outside influence. Okay, I see that. So Beach Boy was basically the masturbation instructor, and that's why the girl was so upset. Uh, yeah, 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 that makes sense. Yeah, I think. He, okay. that, yeah, I think he probably was. Okay. Yeah. All right. So sex school. Yep. All right. I'll take it. All right. Yep. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to assume what she was involved in. I mean. No, no, no. The tastes. We're gonna leave the tastes out. <laughs> I don't want to assume. I mean, look, there could be a lot of things. There could be a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. Well, that's episode 41. Thanks for listening to us and bearing with us on our location shoot. And um, we'll talk to you soon. Bye.